Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And uh, as ever at this time of uh, the show, we cross over to our good friend Rob Hutchinson at Dear South Africa to talk about what is going on in Parliament. Rob, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good morning, Benji. I'm doing fantastically well. I hope you are too. Yes, uh, I am doing very, very well. Uh, and uh, Rob, I see that uh, Parliament is very busy. We have a crucial local government election, we hope, uh, coming up this year. Uh, there seems to be some questions about if we will, in fact, be able to do it or not. Uh, although most people seem to think that uh, everything is at least uh, going in the right way. But but in the meantime, Parliament is actually, uh, has actually made some changes to our electoral system. Talk to us about that. Indeed, they have. So this is an extension or a follow-on of the previous campaign uh, which they, they put out. Well, they tried to sneak past us uh, some time ago towards the end of, end of last year. If you remember, we picked up a, an advert in the, in the one, uh, 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 national newspaper and it, was, it mentioned a change in the system of voting and most notably to introduce electronic voting. So due to the uh, public participation around that, we had that, had that withdrawn and they've now redrafted the, the actual bill and presented it to the National Council of Provinces. However, they have added a whole lot of new clauses and, and amendments, um, which are, some of which are concerning, some of which are actually quite welcomed. I must, I must say it's, they've, Certainly done their, done their homework here, whether it's due to the input from, from the public from the previous participation, who knows, but I'd, I'd like to think so. So you, you're right, it is, um, definitely to do and uh, focused around the uh, local municipal, municipal elections, which are hopefully going to be happen uh, this year. And from the looks of it, they, they are going to happen. They wouldn't be going through with this, uh, these necessary amendments if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the case. So what kind of uh, amendments are we looking at that, uh, they're getting it right? And where, what are some of the things that are a little bit more on the concerning side, Rob? Well, there's, there's 23 clauses that have been proposed here. Um, I'd say uh, if we had a couple of hours, we could go through all 23. But, <laughs> but there are uh, a couple that, that, that we have picked up. Um, clause 6 is, is quite important, that they're proposing a change around um, how the elections are funded. So normally it's done through the IEC, through the proposal or the approval of the Minister of Finance. Here, Clause 6 proposes to remove that oversight for the Minister of Finance and the elections are funded through uh, some other model. We, we're not quite sure what it is at this stage. Clause 8 talks about the access to the voters' role. Obviously, this is to bring in the concerns around the Poppy Act, which will be introduced or, or it has actually been introduced, but it will be enforceable from, from July this year. And that. What, what could previously happen there is that any uh, political party or uh, individual who's running for for a position could have access to the entire voters' role to to do their promotion, to do their marketing, and, and so on. Here, they are proposing that they can still have access to it, but certain features and certain information will be redacted and not available, which to me is is possibly quite a quite a good thing. Then, it's interesting, actually, Rob, that you're bringing hmm. up uh, both of these because, of course, 
although there is this public participation around this current set of legislation, it can't be seen um, as unconnected to the fact that that Cyril Ramaphosa, president, has just signed into law uh, a a new funding act, uh, which is going to basically create a a lot more transparency around uh, who is funding what uh, political party. So it's maybe not surprising that we're seeing more focus on how then, uh, you know, these parties can be funded through the state. Definitely, definitely is. It, and that, that's exactly what you have to do when you look at certain amendments. And in fact, all, all amendments is step back and look at how they're all connected and then join the dots between, between everything. We can't look at one, one set of laws or one amendment and, and say this is a problem when it's, it might be a problem if you look at it in its singularity, but if you connect it to, to the other legislation, it, it, it all makes sense. And yes, there's, there's definitely a lot of talk around the funding of political parties and especially because now they've introduced, um, where individual candidates can run at a national level. We have to take that into consideration as well and balance the, the costs and funding and so that it's not the person with the most money. That, that has the best chance of, of winning at the end of the day. So yeah, it is, it is quite concerning around, around that. You know, one of the major um, clauses there, which, which I have concern of is, or actually bring praise to in, in this quite instance is they've changed the, the way the code of conduct becomes binding to, to political parties and individuals before it's only applied to uh, political parties as, as a whole, but here it actually applies to individuals right the way from ward level all the way through up to to national level, which to me is a great thing. The you know, previously there would be a code of conduct signing ceremony just before the elections, and then parties would have to stick to to that code of conduct. Although there was never a time frame as to when the code of conduct was enacted and to where uh, it was enforceable and to where to where it dropped away. Now they've made that actually very clear. So it's enforceable from the day the elections are announced by notice and up until the, where the uh, results of the election are, are announced. So if you look at instances like uh, the BLF, for instance, in the previous elections, where a lot of people at other parties lay complaints with the Electoral Commission about their, their conduct and, and subsequently it went to court and so on, there was a lot of clarity about unclarity about where uh, where the code of conduct from what date to what date it is enforceable and whether they were stepping outside of those boundaries. This this amendment has taken away all that confusion and made it very clear that it applies from the state to the state and to everybody, every member, every candidate and the party as a whole. A great move, I think. Okay, so so some very interesting uh, some very interesting changes in electoral laws and kind of crucial uh, that we, we we go and look and comment on those I think because that is very much the foundation of uh, the, the the democratic state so uh, definitely go have a look at those uh, another one that's being introduced Rob the National Youth Development Agency Amendment Bill uh, a rather long uh, formulation what is it all about? 
Yeah, it is quite, it is quite a mouthful, isn't it? It's the National Youth De- Development Agency Amendment Bill, which applies to the National Youth uh, Development Agency and is based on the National Youth Policy of 2020 to 2030. It is certainly a mouthful, and I'm surprised I got that out in one go. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's all based around the National Youth Policy, which was, is currently still in its draft form. It's a fantastic document, which highlights the necessity to, to develop the South African youth, an area that has sort of been overlooked since since the establishment of the um, national uh, the national uh, youth development agency yes. in around about two thousand four. Yes, so what it's what has happened here is that whole uh, initiative started around about two thousand and four. And it's gone through various forms and changes, which haven't taken much effect as, as, as they should have. So the National Youth Development Agency was established to try and coordinate this. It is a state-owned entity. However, the changes in the policy uh, show, or the changes in the, in the draft policy have highlighted um, flaws within in the agency as far as, as governance is concerned, structure, reporting, and uh, the glaring lack of local and provincial offices. So they've tried to address that in amending the bill, which governs and sets out regulations for the, the National Youth Development Agency and restructuring the board, uh, restructuring how it's financed, um, its roles and functions, how it can issue grants to potential um, candidates of the youth. And remember, youth in South Africa is 14 to 35 so they've, they've introduced um, uh, the new grant system or proposed a new grant system within the draft uh, development bill, and that's all got to be governed through this agency and through the regulations governing it. Well, and, quite and I think convoluted uh, thing, yeah. very, very welcome, Rob, uh, given that I think the NYDA's most famous intervention uh, up until this point was that uh, infamous kissing festival with the North Koreans. Um, uh, a few years ago. Uh, I'm not sure what else it may have done uh, other than that. Precisely the point. Absolutely precisely the point. It's been a, quite an underperforming entity, and hopefully this this bill will, will change that, especially because they have to establish local and provincial offices now. So they are going to be under a lot more pressure to perform. Therefore, their reporting structures have also been changed. And the board of directors is now consists of uh, ten people, and uh, appointed by by the president or by the minister, and it's hopefully will actually perform the duties that it that it was initially created to do. Our youth definitely does need assistance in in developing themselves, in developing opportunities, and and so on. And it's across across the board. It's. Previously, they focused on a certain sector of society. However, if we want to develop our country, we have to focus on all the youth, and it has to be all-inclusive. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. We're on the line today with Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Rob, uh, lost a comment on at the moment, and I'm sure many other campaigns going on at the moment. Uh, where can people go to uh, to make their mark, so to speak? 
Well, we've created a very simple method on, on our website, uh, which is dsouthafrica.co.za. You go there, you just fill in your details, place your comments. But I encourage people to read the, the facts and, and summaries that we do provide as government is seeking a constructive input. It's not just a petition platform. It is actually where you get to have your say, provide input. Um, in, on draft legislation before it's implemented. And it really does, does make a difference. We've had a number of, of successes lately, um, where draft legislation has been amended due to public uh, participation. So this is the best way to influence, uh, policy outcomes before they are implemented. And that's on dsouthafrica.co.za. Yeah, definitely a case of prevention being better than cure when it comes to, uh, uh, when it comes to legislation. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the new Blue Review. We'll chat to you again next week. Fantastic, Benji. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a wonderful week. There you go, Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Uh, go uh, go check out uh, the, the uh, Electoral Amendment Bill and uh, also the Youth Development Bill, uh, things that are, are, are absolutely crucial, literally, for the future of the country. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.